Well, hello, lovely humans, and welcome to Engage, a wedding planning podcast for the modern day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers and you go on your merry way because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. Now, before we jump into today's episode, things are going to be a little bit all over the place, but that's for a good reason. If you didn't know, I actually do live phone calls with the members of the master plan quarterly. That means every three months I'm sitting down for a whole hour answering your questions. So if you're struggling and you're going through wedding planning and you're like, I just I just need someone to talk to for like a hot minute, please join the master plan. Join us on our quarterly calls and get your questions answered. And who knows, maybe you could be featured on the podcast too. When having a wedding in a private home rented from a gigster, how do we make sure that this doesn't feel like we're visitors of the house at our wedding? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> because most people feel like a visitor at a venue, right? It, it's It has that feeling of like a temporary, but a party. So if you really want to make sure that you're not feeling like a visitor, how long is your rental? How long can you be there? Can you get there a little bit early the day before, two days before? Can you host the rehearsal there and the rehearsal dinner? Or is it just for the day of your event? Because most people, regardless of whether it's a house or not, it doesn't matter. You're only borrowing it for the day. So it's not going to feel like it's your house. It's going to feel like you're a visitor. The only thing that I can think of off the top of my head that would make it feel more homey, more welcoming is to spend more time there, is to get used to the layout of the space, which you could only do if you have access to it for longer than one day. If you thought for one second that I was going to start a brand new podcast and not bring over Generation Tux to join me, you are sorely mistaken. But you guys, there's a reason that I keep talking about them. There's a reason that I'm so obsessed with them. And one of them is all of the free offerings to you as the wedding couple. Number one, free swatches. If you want to do color comparison or compare it to any dresses or linens or florals, they will send you free swatches. Number two, a free home try-on for the wedding couple with free round-trip shipping. All of that's free. <laughs> Number three, With five paid rentals, the groom gets his suit rental for free. Number four, with seven paid rentals, the groom gets his rental for free and then gets to keep the suit. You guys, if I have not convinced you to check out Generation Tux at this point, I don't don't know who will. Head on over to wolferandco.com forward slash suits to claim your free prize. You guys, just because you are listening to this episode right now, we are getting an exclusive spring promo with Generation Tux for the wedding couple to get 20 bucks off of the suit rental. Now, it can't be combined with another offer. It starts March 21st and goes through June 21st of this year. We can't apply it to past events or checkouts, but if you have yet to rent your suit and you want to save 20 whole dollars, please use code WOLFERSPRING at checkout. That's code WOLFERSPRING at checkout. We're thinking about getting dinner delivered buffet style, buy our own alcohol, and then find five staff people who's not in the company, but maybe some friends of friends who have been working in a restaurant slash bar. What's your experience with this? Uh, we'll be 100 people at a house venue. Okay, so five people sounds good. My concern is the reliability of hiring outside of a company. So friend of a friend sounds great. There's been one or two circumstances where those kinds of people have not showed up, full disclosure, or it's been less than we thought. Ah, Maybe over the years, maybe like three or four. (laughs) It's less people than we thought. Not as many people showed up. There's not really any skin in the game other than hoping that they make some extra cash off of this. So that make, that's the part that makes me the most nervous when I'm reading this. So dinner delivered, that's fine. Plenty of great food delivery services. Buffet style, perfect. 
buying your own alcohol, that's fine. I like to see someone serving it just to have a modicum of control over people's pores. Otherwise, you will go through wine more quickly. People have a heavier hand if they're pouring it for themselves than if someone's pouring it for them. So that's, I would make those adjustments there. The biggest gap that I'm seeing is where you're acquiring the staff people from. If you feel confident in it, surge ahead, but have conversations with these people specifically, not like, oh, I hope this person shows up because I talked to so-and-so who talked to so-and-so who said they'd be there. Call them. It makes you a human. It makes this a real experience for them. You're like, hi, you are saving our day. Like, thank you so much for being willing to do this. I'm thinking this is the hourly rate. I will deliver it to you at the end of the evening or have my father or someone will deliver it to you at the end of the evening in cash or check form or Venmo. Really kind of like formalize the experience so it's less of like, hey, well, my friend who used to work at this restaurant talked to some people and I think they're going to be there. That's where it falls apart for me. So we want to make sure we have that covered. Ooh, I have a question. I like when people... Type the way they speak. Is a beach wedding like a dream or is it too hard? My sister says it's too many logistics. Really, the biggest factors off the top of my head would be the fact that the ground is squishy and that it could be noisy and there could be extra people. So how I would circumvent that is to let guests know it's going to be on the sand. Don't wear high heels or like take your shoes off. Go barefoot. You do you, boo bear. Mic your vows. Mic your ceremony so people can hear because the crashing of the waves and the wind add into that. And then people. Just you're going to either have to find a way to rope it off, have personal bodyguards, or accept the fact that someone might walk behind some of your shots, unless it's a little bit more private. But in the grand scheme of things, a beach wedding isn't much more complicated than a park wedding or any other sort of outside wedding that could be near the general public. Noise is a factor. People walking by is a factor. The thing that makes beaches specifically unique is the sound of the waves and the squishy ground. I could be wrong. There might be other factors I'm not considering here, but an outside wedding is an outside wedding in a lot of in a lot of ways. Listen, wedding budgets suck. They're just like the actual worst. And the hardest part for me is that weddings are not cookie cutter. They're not one size fits all. And I think it's important to make sure that you're budgeting according to your priorities. Build a budget that works with your vision and you'll be on the path to planning a wedding that you really want. So if you want my recommendations for making your perfect budget for you and your partner, head on over to weddingpriorities.com. If doing a bare bones venue, how do you make the porta potties look decent? Do not let this keep you up at night. <laughs> you probably won't be able to make the porta potties look decent. They're just a porta potties, a porta potty. It's it, they're not cute. You can't cover them in wrapping paper. You can't make them dreamy. They will still be porta potties. If you'd like to spend more money, you can get one of those rental trailers, which sounds super nice and bougie. They're very expensive. So I think porta potties are a fraction of the cost. And the trailers, I mean, I don't think I've seen one under a thousand dollars for like a two stall, but it depends on where you're at, etc. I would let that part go. You can't control that. You can't make them any prettier as long as people have a place to go to the bathroom and to wash their hands afterwards and ideally a place to check their makeup. So that's always really fun to have some sort of mirror type situation nearby so they can check or just look at their teeth, et cetera, because we're all so used to that. That's how I would kind of make that work. But don't stress about making the porta potties look like something other than a porta potty because that's going to take way too much time, way too much effort. And it kind of just is what it is, which is probably not the answer you're looking for. And I'm sorry. <laughs> if you are struggling with wedding planning and you have questions and you just need someone to listen and to chat with, come join us in the Master Plan community over at themasterplanwed.com. I would love to have you in there. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can let the podcast people know that Jamie knows what she's talking about sometimes. <laughs> and until next time, bye guys. <laughs>